Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I've reconnected with a really terrific guy. His name is Orion Foxwood. Um, years ago, I had a reading from him, folks, and he is very amazing, very loving. He grew up in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. And he is, are you ready for this? A witch. Oh, my. And an elder of the Ramon Celtic tradition craft high priest in the Alexandra Wiccan teachings and a teacher of the fairy Seasier traditions. How are you, Orion? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am phenomenally enjoying talking to you. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Ryan, I, I need you to explain to my audience what exactly is a fairy Seasier. And many of the, the old folkloric traditions, um, you will see that there is um, a, a number of practices that are there. There's, there'll be the healing practices. Uh, there'll be the magical practices. Uh, and then there'll be the uh, seership practices. And seership, meaning uh, those who see beyond the veil. Now, I was born, my mama was born with this, a sister and myself. And we know also my grandma uh, had it, and it was something called the veil. Uh, in some cultures, they call it the call. Uh, and it's a certain way that when the child is born, the placental sheath should come off the eyes. But when we're born, they have to actually cut it off the eyes. Mm-hmm. And this notes a second sight, seeing not into just this world, but into the intra-visible and invisible realms. Uh, so what fairy seership is... Um, I'm always ready to talk about it. I love it because um, <laughs> the institute I founded, uh, the House of Brie, is the first, and as far as I know, the only institute that teaches uh, folkloric fairy seership uh, in the world. Um, the fairy is an interesting word. We don't know for sure where it comes from. We know mm-hmm. it's old. It, it could be Breton, uh, which is French, Celtic, or more likely an older version of a Gaelic, uh, uh, of a Gaelic word. But uh, the concept of the fairy tradition is about a coexisting order of being that inter- in a dimension of existence that interpenetrates ours like honey in a honeycomb. Mm. And the old, old traditions, uh, these beings were seen um, often mimicking humans, uh, could in fact look exactly like humans. And you wouldn't know that human until you watched so carefully and saw that they did things like only were visible at night or, mm-hmm. or extremely incredible strength. They never aged uh, and had other uh, powers, you know, that we do not have. Um, uh, they're feared and revered. Um, it's mm-hmm. very tr- the oldest, it heralds from the oldest traditions in the world. Cause you know, you have paganism and pantheism and 
uh, all, all, all kinds of isms in there, monotheism. Uh, but this is animism. And an, an animistic paradigm is one that sees the world as filled with spirits, everything. Right. Associate with spirits, everything. Um, and so this heralds from that. And you'll find that the fairy tradition is present in every indigenous culture worldwide. Okay. Now, when you say fairy, you don't explain to my listeners what exactly you're not talking about the little fairies that fly around in gardens, correct? No, no. <clears throat> the fairy, well, the fairy, fairy realm is the entire uh, invisible and intravisible mm-hmm. realm of of earth life. Okay. Um, what the fairies are. Are in, in the Irish Gaelic uh, tradition, they would be seen as the, like the fallen angels. Um, right. In fact, they even have a, a, a sort of Christianized pagan legend that speaks of when there was the division in heaven and the gates are open, all these angels, some are falling, you know, the ones that were, were not in good favor. And then there were others that did not choose a side, they were ambivalent. Mm-hmm. And those ones didn't fall into the pits of hell. Instead, they fell into the air, into the waters, into the earth, solid earth, into uh, basically all the places we think of as the elements. And that in those elements are, are elemental kingdoms of these beings. They uh, do not live forever, but they live millennia. Uh, and many of them often um through the centuries been noted to mate with humanity and some would even say that that's where the witch blood comes from mm. um but the witch blood is where, where it comes from is interesting if you're in the mediterranean they would say um it comes from the marriage of the sons of god with the daughters of man which is the gregory the watchers the angels sent by god to watch over our growth and development but we thought our women were pretty hubba hubba and <laughs> they were hubba hubba and they made children and that didn't work out so good and God didn't get too happy and sent the flood to try to wipe out the giants and men of great renown, as they called them. Um, <sighs> that's a whole story in itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the blood came that way. Um, in the northern Europe, they would say it came from the marriage of humanity and the fair folk. So... Can I tell a brief story? Oh, of about course. This is something that I think will give a, a even deeper insight into what these incredible beings are. Um, when I was a little boy, there was this man who would come down from the Blue Ridge, because I lived in the Shenandoah, which is flanked by the Blue Ridge and the Massanut and Shane, and there's a number of chains of mountains. Mm-hmm. He would come down to go to the farmer's market, and he'd stop to see my mama and, and uh and they'd have coffee and you know, chat and all. He'd always come to see me. In fact, he gave me charms. Uh, of, and I'm a charmer in, in Appalachian culture. Uh, charms are most sometimes rhymes, sometimes not. They're words of power that are used primarily for weather, for, to heal, a number of different things. And he gave me the first one I ever got. <laughs> Share that if you like. He, uh, so he came this time and he, he'd always want to talk to me for a little while. And then, uh, because he knew I was born at the veil and he thought I was a special kid, and he'd share things with me. Mm-hmm. And this telling me what about the fair folk. And then he gave me my first charm. And that mama wrote it down. And then I, I remembered the whole story later. Now, keep in mind, I'm a little boy. I'm maybe like five. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to this story very intently, not realizing that it would shape my whole life. But I really wanted the, the can of ginger snap cookies that he had. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's so awesome. I be a very attentive kid. I have my priorities. <laughs> well, cookies, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he said to me, um, they call me Mike back there. Uh, he goes, uh, Mike, you got to back rap with them folk. And them folk being, it's one of the names they would give the fair folk. Now make right with them folk. They can snatch your prayers before they reach the ears of God. He goes, when we break, they're the, oh, he goes, uh, they're the original ancestors. We're the visitors. And when we break the laws of nature, we can't go to God for help. You don't know how. Gave the world to them. Wow. Isn't that powerful? 
Now, what was funny is I sat on that story for years. I, I, I memorized it. Mom had written it down. And so she told it to me so many times, that, you know, it's, I memorized it. And so, uh, but I didn't realize how important that was, that that man was setting uh, my path in many ways. Yeah, of course. And so, yeah. That's yeah, incredible but, what he said to you. It's incredible, incredible. And uh, he and I, I uh, so to say some things about that too. See, we have ancestors, our human ones, is what we used to talk about. But these days when I pray for or pray to the ancestors, I always say to those known and unknown, named and unnamed, seen and unseen, human and other. Mm-hmm. Because we rolled out into this world as a species from the simians, you know, from the hominids. Mm-hmm. But they rolled out from the reptiles, the dinosaurs and others, which rolled out from other multicellulars, which rolled out. From... So our lineage extends all the way back to when this world was made of glowing light, glowing even before the pla- well, before the lava. Mm-hmm. It is gaseous and then particleized. And there were beings that came, came with the extension of light that became our world. Mm-hmm. And those beings are the people of peace, the Atolkeg, the sealing ones, the shining ones, the fair folk. Interesting. I yeah. love that. <laughs> And, and uh, a piece of with a wisdom that comes from, I think it came from Tam Lin, but it's in rhyme and it's wonderful. It says, Meddle and Mel with the fiends of hell, no weird less white you'll be, but take and lend with the fairy men and you'll thrive until you die. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Yes, I love it. I, of course, I love, I love the fair folk, of, of course. Well, they're incredible, and and they really aren't. When people tell me, talk to me about the little people, I should say something about that. When the old, when there was a new tradition coming, whenever there was an invasion, right? And they mm-hmm. would, actually, it was, it was not uncommon for the gods of the old to become the devils of the new, right? Um, and um, in this case, there was demonization of the old fairy tradition. Uh, and the demonization didn't work very well because that's like saying to a kid, you see that cookie jar, never, ever eat any cookie from that cookie jar, ever. You're <laughs> building up this mystique, those must be the best cookies ever. So de- demonization kept uh, reinforcing there's something powerful at the crossroads, there's something powerful at the fair folk with these beings. Um so that didn't do as much damage, even though it was horrible. It drove the Inquisition. Yeah. That's one of the, drove that. But trivialization did. When the concept of shrinking them smaller and smaller and more demune, and what my queen would say, the, the spirit that I'm married to in the fairy tradition, she said, yep, but you small, you, you, your people shrunk us down. She said, just small enough to fit through the keyhole in your consciousness and emerge as the powerful beings we are. And you can thank one set of elders most for preserving these ways and not letting them die and thus not letting our species die, meaning human, humanity. She said, mm-hmm. I remember her saying, well, which elders are those? She said, the children. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, and they very would, interesting. So they preserved in many ways the little people concept that is so beloved by them and, and all their little stories and they preserved the seeds that that grew but, uh, once again back into the large beings that they are. Yeah. People see them, but they got to understand that the fairy realms are big. It's big, mm-hmm. uh, massive. And so sometimes what we see are cells in the body of something even bigger. Right. So, right. And there's so many lore about them. You know, people don't realize there's many different types and 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 they're all shapes, sizes, and almost tribal. Oh, yeah, very much so. And you'd be hard-pressed to find any tribal tradition, the, the indigenous tradition, that doesn't give honor to them. Most traditions consider the, that that's a magic. Or the, well, first, they have to be honored before others, any other spirits. Mm-hmm. Many traditions would say, you must honor them, like in the Norse tradition, honoring the land bather, 
first. Right. Um, and often it's said that magic done, fairy magic is the one magic that cannot be undone. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Absolutely. They cannot be undone. Um, I love them. They know I love them. <laughs> given my life to uh, educating people on them. And I, I personally believe for their grace and their extension of their hand in any way they will uh, uh, to respond to a co-creative call to action. The restoration of our world is what will get humanity on the right track and hopefully preserve us and our world because we, we are in peril. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple years, hasn't it? All this crazy energy and oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I tell all my wishes and all my people I train, I say, dress rehearsal's over. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for magic with muscle. Yeah. And uh, I think like shows like your your show are very, very important because oh, thank you. the paranormal, and I, t I tell people, think of the invisible and intravisible aspects of life as profoundly natural because everything you see emerges from the invisible. Mm. Molecules that bond together and become form. Cells that are too tiny for any eye to see yet they are the basis of all life, of viruses that we cannot see and are not even an animal or, or an insect or a, as we know it. They're not even life as we understand life. Um, are all invisible people, invisible things with that massive past power. Yeah. And I think that the uh, paranormal, the supernatural, the magical, is a call back to our more intimate relationship with the very foundations of life seen and unseen and thresholds in between, without which we cannot have intimacy with life itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. Absolutely. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of this going on in your life, Orion, you've written books. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. You've written several, actually, the very teachings. What else? I mean, you have like how many out now? Well, believe it or not, I'm, I'm on my fifth book, um, but I've also written um, chapters and anthologies and mm -hmm. a lot of forewords for people and a lot of endorsements over the years. Um, so my name is really out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I'll do anything I can do to help people who are trying to promote truth and and try to help better our world. So I'm I'm ever ready when people contact about uh, you know reviewing books and things for them. So I'm on my fifth one, which is going to be about um, which I'm working with with a dear friend Susan Diamond. Uh, that one's going to be on uh, stones and crystals and gems. But but we're coming from an animistic standpoint. Most people write about these things as uh, energies and tools mm -hmm. uh, remember i'm an animist um i don't see them as energies and tools at all i see them as as beings people oh. and the oldest uh, people in form um and so i'm writing from that standpoint there'll be a lot of ancient stuff in this a lot of stuff you've never never really seen out there unless you research deep mm -hmm. um I tell my students, until you can feel the heartbeat of a stone, you haven't arrived yet. You know? Exactly. They have such immense energy. They're the foundations of everything. You, you do realize everything. Um, in the fairy tradition, uh, there is a, a teaching that says there's three great oceans that come together to bring life. One is the ocean of blue, which is water. One is the um, right, get, yeah, ocean of green, and that one is the ocean of the green world, the green living things, the plants, the trees. And then there's the ocean of brown black, which is the soil. And the soil is made up of the original stones that came to this world, along with pieces of stars and planets that were uh, in particles. Uh, and 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 a meteoric material that all formed the mineralized basis of our world. So all the 
the stones that we had, and we still have, including all of our metals, all came from stars. Yeah. And so these stones, the stones are are just bones, usually of of other worlds, as well as that have bones that have built here, bones of mineral that haven't broken down yet into soil. Um, and uh, I. Uh, Sorry, I lost my uh, thought a minute. Mm. And we've got to remember that the soil is the digested wisdom of everything that has ever lived. Mm. Yes, absolutely. It's the digested wisdom of everything that's ever lived. And in seeing that, we have to understand that no wisdom leaves the world. And what are the soils? What are the stones? But the silent sleeping uh, ones uh, who remember all that has ever occurred. And some of them are, are, are pre-Earth because they came here, you know, with the masses that uh, aggregated and became what we now see as the form of Earth itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think people forget that the, what the stones, what their origins and, and all are, right. uh, and really uh, came here, you know, came into being. And once, once we remember that, uh, and start to really understand that the stones are the seeds of a planet, you know, and the planets continue to grow. And there's minerals that have evolved because of the human relationship to this world. I, I heard this one scientist speak of something that was so powerful. I was reading about how now we know that that pretty much life came from a mixture of these en- enzymes that came uh, on meteorites. Uh, and then when these meteorites struck, um, often there would be a, a, a sort of a mineralized pathway created, sometimes because of a magnetic shift from the strike. Anyway, these mineralized pathways through which life was made possible. And thus, we truly are made of the minerals of the earth with the breath of the heavens breathed into them. Mm, I like that. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? And he said... But what got me that, and I say this for you and the listeners, I, it just two things as I've researched this work that really got me. What was about the iron and then this, what I'm about to say. Uh, but I just lost it. Oh, my God, it just, it just drew a blank. Well, well, I'll tell the iron one first. Okay. All of the iron in the world, all of it, no exceptions, all the iron in all worlds comes from one place, and that is dying stars. And when a star dies, it either becomes a black hole, it becomes a diamond. Would you believe that? A diamond. Could you imagine that? Set mm. that in- <laughs> I'll take one. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, or it becomes um, uh, a, uh, it becomes iron. And, and there'll be other, you know, uh, like gold and silver, all kinds of things. So all the iron in the, that we know, all the iron in the world comes from stars, including the iron in your blood right now. So I wonder when we're looking at the heavens, sometimes we see that star blinking. It's really caught our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, as we're looking at the star going, I wonder if I came from there. It's the star looking at us going, I wonder if I've become them. Mm-hmm. I wrote it this little ditty. We are stars with human feet encountering starlight in all we meet. Know this, grow this and ignite and the stars will guide you the darkest night mm, that's beautiful and uh i uh so we are all born out of these legacies of in our bodies right now we've got this now figuratively we've got the iron of ancient stars and now that we know that 50 percent of the water on earth is older than the solar system <laughs> so that means 50% of the water in our bodies right now is older than the solar system. What does that water know? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that we have these stars, bits of stars right now. Uh, and then that's just the beginning because many of the, of the, comp- the, the minerals, you know, that make us up yeah. are all uh, star born. You know, it's interesting about that. And I think that's why now I particularly 
crave going to big bodies of water, like the ocean, the Great Lakes, any body of water. I love water. Hello? Yeah, we lost each other for a moment. I know, that's so weird. (laughs) It's the sheer power of our discussion. (laughs) It's got to be. Let me mark this down. (laughs) So that could be why a lot of people do crave to be near water. I think so. Because, you know, when you go to the ocean, I just feel like a great release. You know, when you do your altar work, and I learned mm-hmm. this in, in Kanji and in, in old root work because I grew up around that. And that is uh, fire is to the spirit as water is to the soul. Mm. Which is why on your ancestral altar, if you have one, yeah, you want to have both because there's three offerings that we make to the ancestors to make it easier for them to speak with us and walk with us. The wor- one is fire. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fire is to renew their spirit because fire is plasma. Plasma is the thing that all the stars are made up of and that when what's dancing between our neurons, very much like plasma. And so the other is um, water. We all come into this world crossing water in the mama's belly. And then when we die, our lungs fill again with water, you know, and we go and we exit that way. So the water is to call them across the vast oceans of timelessness to come and see us and, and also to, to give them the gift of the soul. And then the third offering is the offering of breath. This is when we pray to, well, pray for and pray to. Pray for those ancestors caught in pain or woe. Pray joy to them, pray peace to them. And then the other is um, pray to, to those ants, blessed, uh, was blessed, exalted, Blessed, heal, blessed, redeemed, and exalted ancestors. Um, we pray to them to guide our, uh, guide us, and place our feet in right relationship with the directive of our spirit. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, people need to know you have no idea how many walk with you, and how many times they've saved your life, how many times they've guided, but often they won't come. Un- they'll come during crisis. Or something special, unless you know your heart's open to them, but they won't push unbidden. Mm. So, uh, I teach people to to this whole well, it's a long, longer process. I could I could do it on here sometimes. You like to tune into those who walk in grace, the mothers to the left and fathers to the right who walk with us in this world. Many of them we do not know. See, we think our brain needs to know all these names, and it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not necessary because blood knows blood. Yeah. And many times we have ancestors walking with us that are far older than ancestry.com, you know. Mm-hmm. That but there's a commonality in the unfoldment of our lives that matches theirs. Or maybe their work wasn't complete and we're completing some of their work. Uh, and they're here to help and to guide us. There is no dilemma that could ever show up in your life that someone in your ancestry doesn't have insight and helpful uh, influence on. Never forget to call to them. And always say named and unnamed, known and unknown, seen and unseen, human and other. Interesting. Now, how do you feel, Orion, about animal spirits around you? Oh, God, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think people understand that every meal you eat that has uh, uh, well, all the meals you eat is, are made up of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, life, life and life exchange exchanges life. So life forms. we and and we're eating the ancestors. I know, yum yum, uh, every day. <laughs> Even us but, vegetarians, guys. <laughs> yep, yep, because all is made of the minerals of the earth, and the earth is made of of minerals and ancestors, mm-hmm. and um. There, I absolutely think animal ancestors walk with us. I mean, I've had many animals who I've loved so much in life, and they walk with us. And then there's others that I didn't even know in life. Yeah. Uh, that I have found, and then found later, were connected to my ancestors. Um, 
And I think it's important to honor them. And I think not only do I think it's important, see, humanity has itself in a bit of a soul cage. You know, it's very humanocentric. Um, it's very focused on inventing and all these things, all for the good of humans. Right. But what about the whole natural world that we rely upon? And very little of it relies on us. It's just trying to survive us. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we remember and honor our, our non-human ancestry, because that's a big one. I cannot believe people have been taught that we arrived. Humans have been here that long. Exactly. And we, came, we arrived out of other species. By the way, the last living um, relative, I can't remember what the creature is called, of the little mouse-like being that we that all mammals descend from, that last living relative is the possum. Mm-hmm. Honor your possums. <laughs> I love my possum. I have a possum that is around my house. I love her. Oh my God, I love them. They're, so, they're adorable. They're I know, adorable. I feed her. Like sometimes, you know, I put out birdseed and I have a parrot named Maggie. I have a, a yellow-headed Amazon in a cockatiel. So they're all food I throw out there. And often she's out there eating. Aren't they cute? So I, cute. I love her. I, I want her around. They are very, very, in, where I came from, uh, You, uh, if you used bones for uh, reading, uh-huh. you would use possum bones. Interesting. Possum bones. Yeah, possum bones, sometimes chicken bones, but mostly possum. Uh, in fairy tradition, of course, it's um, deer, deer um, antler or deer bones because they're the fairy steeds. But this is really important. Don't just pray for the human people. Don't just work honoring magic for the human people. To do that is to keep us in a, a humanocentric mindset that is killing us. Um, the more specialized the species, the more it steps into the eye of extinction. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we're, we're way over-specialized. And um, we, need, we need to get to a place where when we walk into the woods, instead of the woods shying from us, that the woods is sort of, oh, help us here. You know, mm-hmm. the woods are here. They'll help us. You know, um, we rely on this blessed earth for everything. Yes, absolutely. And yet we're, we're consuming so much. So it's, it's important to get involved in, in ecological efforts uh, for the sake of, of your children and your grandchildren. Because I'm telling you, we're about to see things we've never imagined. Oh, uh, I know. So. You know, if we open our hearts and our souls in that way, I think we will see other, other things and other beings that we didn't know existed. Oh, yeah. In fact, I would rather die, and I mean that, than to have my inner eye closed, to be, to not live in a living knowing, a living relationship in exchange with uh, non-human beings and with otherworldly beings. Mm. They bring life alive. Yeah. You know? And I think it's so important. I know, um, and I've said this before, but... You know, I went through a soul retrieval and it was really cool. And that's how I started to be more and more open like I was when I was much younger. Because I don't know, when when you did my reading years ago, I was so immersed in just dancing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you were already magical. Dancers, like artists, are tuned in to, to the soul of nature, whether they know it or not. They're inherently magical. So you are already magical. <laughs> and my favorite thing to do, and it was be one of the things that you had said to me during that reading after all these years, is sometimes now I open the windows in my own home and I'll dance to bring in that energy in those elements. Mm. Now, if you only knew how far ranging that, that act goes, right? Mm-hmm. See... Uh, nature is a big, massive being, and we're cells in that being too. And when we, when we unconditionally do something to to, to uh, love nature, to uphold nature, to whether we know it or not, we are upholding 
the greater component of who we are. Uh, as one of my teachers taught me, and I, I shared this with you, when, when I'm traveling, right? And I remember when before she died, she and I talked about this. She said, you are walking, when you walk the earth, you are walking across the body, the greater body of yourself. Mm. When you travel to other states, you are traveling to other components of the greater body of yourself, because we are earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Excuse me, we are earth humanized. You know, and that's what we must never forget. And any anything we can do to show that devotional uh, concern, care, brings a, a healing power, excuse me, to the greater holism of earth. Um, the book I'm, I'm working on, I wrote this little quote. I, it's longer, but I just can't remember the whole thing. We are all children of one mother, sister and brother, human and other. And her name is Earth, mm. the mother of all mothers. Absolutely. I love that. That is awesome, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that gives Thank me you. little chill goops. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've been on fire since I was knee out of a grasshopper. <laughs> when I met you, you were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was a little boy, um, I was, it was, I think I was in the third or second grade. I think it might have been second. And there was this Shenandoah winter going on, a big old blizzard. And in fact, the, the elementary school I went to, Round Hill Elementary School, is now someone's house. Oh, wow. <laughs> said that came from that. Yeah. And so you know, all the kids were running around. It was recess. They had eaten lunch and they're playing. It's snowing outside. And, and I'm reading through these Nat Geo books somebody had donated, probably some rich person, because we couldn't afford no you know, magazines like that near the school. Mm -hmm. And so I'm leaping through them. And there's this pic these pictures of where they blown um, tunnels and, and things through the mountains, and I was upset. I was crying, had bad asthma, really bad asthma. And so they couldn't get me to stop crying and say what was happening. And so they called my mom, and my mama came and got me, and she got me home, and I was still crying, wouldn't say anything. And she called my dad. Dad used his, used his awesome power. He said, son, if you don't tell us what's going on, we've got to take you to the hospital. Oh, no. <laughs> that stopped it. Boom. <laughs> you know? And I looked up at mom and dad and I, I said, uh, mom said I had, uh, my eyes went black and they were filled with stars. She said, not black and menacing. She said, honey, she said, there was heaven in your eyes. She said, and you said, I'll never forget because mom, mom could not keep from crying when she'd tell the story. I looked up as a little boy and I said, they're trying to kill the mountains. Oh. And I said, I can't let them do that. I said, I'm going to grow up. When I grow up, I'm going to be a voice so big they will not silence me. God knows I haven't shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, they will not silence me. I said, I, I'm going to stop them from killing the mountains. Mm. And that is what has driven my life. That is really interesting. Yeah. It is amazing when we're children and we see something and it just influences us to become something when we're adults and we just don't realize how that adds up. Yeah. We don't realize, you know, a piece, uh, again, an assignment I give my students a lot of times, I say, um, begin to identify your lineage of inspiration. Now your lineage of inspiration uh, might uh, not just be like your clergy and all that. It could be a first grade teacher. It could be, Anybody, a clerk at the grocery store, someone who who played a role or said something, mm. set you on the course for your life, and who needs to ever be praised as a part of your lineage of inspiration. And I advise everybody to do that. And as you do that, you'll begin to remember people who dropped maybe only a few lines, mm -hmm. and those lines changed you forever. Well, and you know, it's so funny. I think nowadays people are so busy. They're busy constantly. They're busy because of their phones. They're busy just because they're, they're just so absorbed that we're forgetting to acknowledge these things. Well, we are, and it's, it's sad. We're becoming more externalized. 
And the more we become externalized, the less intuitive we are, who mm-hmm. we are, and we lose that sense of, of connectedness. And honestly, the thing that's that's most dangerous in the world is the illusion of isolation and the abandonment, uh, fear, fury, and shame that grows out from that. Mm-hmm. That we must heal. And it's all just a product of a rapidly growing nervous system that grew in the advent of fire. We grew so fast in our technology and our evolution um, that we exiled ourselves from the garden. And now we just, you know, there was, my mama told me when I was a little boy, she said, everything started when I was a little boy. She said, uh, son, um, there's two times we go to Eden. Now, where she got these things, I don't know they're, if they're folk stories or what. But she said, the first time we got the apple. She said, we ate the apple and we now have choice. We can, uh, we have free will. She said, and I said, well, what's the second time? She said, when we put the apple back on the tree. And I said, well, what's the apple? <laughs> you know, kids take literal, right? right. So mom, your heart, now go, oh, you know, because I was plucking your heart out. <laughs> what she meant was we bring our devotion. We take, consciously take our free will and put it back into a conscious uh, interaction, conscious behavior to preserve life, to preserve this planet, preserve each other, uh, driven by love, not greed. Uh, and uh, she said, so that, and, she, and I said, well, what happened? She said, on the way back to the tree, we unexile ourselves. Mm. Is that powerful? Very, actually, yeah. very. You know, I love, I do like social media, but, you know, sometimes I just think we're so involved in that that we're forgetting to look around. Yeah, too busy. Got to be careful. We're so busy. Mm-hmm. Up, uh, there's a saying, I, I wrote this years ago. I wrote for witches, but you can put any, you can just say, say any person in this. The saying is, there's only two things every witch must know. Don't tangle up your lines or contaminate your flow. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And we're a little too entrenched. COVID came to teach us that. It doesn't matter where it came from. I've had people mm-hmm. that will laugh. Because, listen, I went to Mother Fate. Mother Fate said, it's got my blessings on it. So when Mother Fate said that, I knew this has a spiritual purpose. Oh, and absolutely. Was- yeah, I think that's, I think so too powerful it made us come back to home made us connect with each other but more than anything you know i hear people complain about the masks and i still do the mask and the reason and i loved it i mean i didn't like how it looked you know (laughs) you know i was veined but my thing is we stayed home to protect the breath of of our family and those we love closely at home Mm -hmm. but we put on the mask protect the uh breath of others who we do not know i love excuse me <coughs> i love excuse me i love the, the thought of before i go out i stop and ponder a minute upon that same well that we all drink from and that is the well of breath itself right and so if we can stay in that mindset of protecting each other's breath and protecting that which is the giver of breath, our trees, et cetera, we will really get somewhere. Yeah. You know? And it also allowed nature to recoup a little bit. Oh, wasn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, and a lot of people disagree with this, but I'm a big animal person all around. I love them. I love their energy. I love them around. Mm-hmm. And wild or tame i just adore them and during that time they just seemed very happy they weren't intruded on everything stopped for a time where they could recoup you know people are so busy cutting down trees making brand new houses because we can't recycle anything and and it just gave them a chance and we need to do that more. We need to have, I always thought, smaller towns, local businesses, supporting each other, becoming neighbors again is so important. Oh, my God, yes. We're wasteful. 
I don't know why we need more bu- uh, uh, buildings. We've got buildings sitting around unfilled and homeless people who need yeah. places to live. Come on. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm with you. I thought the, the quarantine showed us we don't need to move around as much as we thought. Mm. We survive at home. We can work from home. And we can do things, major things, that reduce the impact on this planet. And we must do these things. I think it was a great practice run for the future. Yeah. You know? I I just truly hope we took what we needed. We needed a lesson, unfortunately. And it was a hard one. A lot of people lost their lives but yeah. you really, really, have, we really have to back off and start to think what is best for everything, not just humanity, but everything around us. Yeah. And please do not let their deaths be in vain. Exactly. And it was a reminder, we got to protect the breath of, of our elders. Oh, absolutely. We well, need to start respecting our elders. <laughs> big time. Big time. You know, there was, it's riddled with lessons, riddled with lessons, um, you know, and, and uh, there's just, humanity's got to wake up. Yeah. We got to humble ourselves a little bit and see, we rely on the world for so much. Well, see, and you see, and I grew up very similar. I was taught to respect my elders. Oh, yeah. They were important. And I don't know if it was due to my heritage but it was taught to me 100%. Well, bless your ancestors and your parents, you know, because if they had not been, we would not be. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. know. And our elders are the ones that teach us. Yep. Yep. You know, you can call them whatever you want nowadays. And, you know, the this X generation, the Z generation, the millennial, whatever. I got news for you guys. Elders is where it's at. You better listen to people that are older. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what: things get wild. They'll be the ones who will teach you how to how to survive. They'll teach you how to how to how to garden. They'll teach you how how my parents. I thought parents never made more than eight thousand a year. Wow! <laughs> they raised, yeah, they raised us. They had uh, land. They my mother was big on land. She said, "Baby, you got land. You got food." Mm-hmm. Oh, and she was big on gardening and hunting and and being uh, respectful and mindful. And uh, we always uh, took a portion of the food of the things that we grew and rotted it back into the earth or took it into the woods for the animals. She said, uh, "Feed, feed, feed the earth. The earth will feed you. Starve the earth, and the earth will eat you." <laughs> and what's going on now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our you soil know, doesn't have the vitamins it used to. You know, I was thinking some more before I got on the show uh, about paranormal research and, and the concept of paranormal research. Uh, one of the things I love about it is there, uh, there's a saying in the craft, in the tradition I come from, it says, if you would have walked the witch's way, observe with care of the child at play. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with wonderment and how a, a child can take a leaf or a little twig or uh, some string and it's next thing you know they've built a world yep right (laughs) and they're amazing and uh the ultimate repurposes and with paranormal research it does invite us back into the childlike wonder of life again Mm -hmm. absolutely the things that are uh, not entirely explained and the things some things that may or may not ever fully be I hope they're not all ever. I hope there's always more mm-hmm. that delight us and have us wondering about the the secrets that nature keeps, you know, and uh, and and all the many ways that there is to be alive, you know. And I, I have a real love for for paranormal research. And, yeah, uh, I I do too. Um, like I always tell people, my mom never called it paranormal; she called it nature, but. I was fortunate, uh-huh. you know, yeah. but you are absolutely correct. It is, it's something that awakens us. We're all looking for the same thing on some level. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
And I think that we, if we want to have a loving life, we've got to be in love with life. Yeah. You know, and the part of that is that childlike wonder. Yes. To never keep that childlike wonder and let that wonder either just drive you to, to want to know, but to want to love and protect and enjoy, you know. Um, so kudos. The only thing I don't like, I do fuss at some, some of the like ghost hunters type folks. I'll say, listen, these beings that you're going to talk to are humans. Yes. Like a, no different uh, from another time, another, another place along the great stream of humanity and of time. I said they have rolled into the undercurrent of the great river of blood. Yeah. Please don't go in and act like they're there as hired help to dance for you. Absolutely. And I agree with you 125%. <laughs> tell their stories. Try to heal them. Try to be it because they're just humanity in a, in a different zip code. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, you know, I did an interview with some pretty amazing people that believe that also talk, talk to them with respect, find out why, you know, yeah. are they yep. evil? Well, maybe they're not evil. Maybe they're just mad. Well, what's that saying? And I don't remember who wrote it. I think it may have been Mary, Mary Williamson, but I'm not sure. Uh, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you don't heal something by promoting further harm. Right. In the end, you have to you heal something by healing it, you know. And uh, many of the spirit, I mean, there's, as I was taught, you know, when you're looking at places that people think of as haunted, well, a place is only haunted when it has uh, the spirit of beings, human and other, who are trapped in painful memory. Yeah. And some of them, of course, aren't actual spirits. They're uh, photographs seared into the environment. Some of them are haunts, those who are trapped, and those who cannot l let go that they can't, they're trapped in that memory. And then there's another type that often gets left off the, the, the dock when we're talking about uh, human spirits in, in, in a place. And they are not what I would call ghosts. A ghost is one that haunts. Right? So they're haunted by maybe some tragedy or something. But then you have inspirited places. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in New Orleans and uh, this uh, spirit, human spirit had come in clearly from the uh, 1800s, 1700s, probably late 1700s. And, uh, and I was like, how, you know, I was early in, in my work. And um, I was like, okay, do I need to help you cross over? Do I need to help? And this spirit said basically this, if you try to move me from here, and if you are successful, I will find a way back. And I will haunt you forever. <laughs> because I am not here because I'm trapped. I'm here because I'm happy. Wow. That's different. I Very, love that. Now, that's not the only place I've gone to. Sometimes, like there was this place in Massachusetts. It was uh, all I know is it straddled a uh, a the the the, uh, the state uh, threshold between New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And this house had been a cat house in the eighteen hundreds. Been a lot of things, and it's so haunted. And the woman who lives there is this poet, and she's incredible. And um, in fact, she has said in her book, she said she. Uh, and I was being introduced by one of my friends. She said, when I die, I want to haunt this house. She said, I so much want to be a part of the family of spirits in this house. When I was taken there, uh, I stopped. The moment I got out of the car, I just stopped. And I said, I can't wait to go in here. Um, oh. We walked in, sat down, and she had made tea, and it was, you know, it was just wonderful. And she was, uh, the woman was trying to speak with me and I had a big smile on my face. And I thought, I said, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I'm barely able to hear you and I do not mean to be disrespectful. But there are so many ghosts sitting around this table right now and in the living room in here. And they're very happy. And they're here to just greet your guests. Oh my goodness. I want to go there. <laughs> yes. And she laughed and she said, all right, you did it. She said, this is the the happiest haunted house I've ever been to in my life. 
She said the spirits are happy. She said, I engage them all the time into our lives. And, um, and, uh, and it was obvious. It was obvious. Uh, it was a house that was inspirited, which is a word I use a lot. When a house has a spiritual life in it, and uh, that's the house or land or wherever, and that, as, and that life that's there is either nature spirit or human spirit that wants to be there and be a part of the ecology of the place. Right. And, you know, you so, don't hear that very often. And I think because... and. Don't get me wrong. I do love the shows on TV. They opened so many doors of acceptance for so much of everything. But not everything is tragic, horrible. Um, not everything is negative. And no. like you said, not everything wants to cross over. Maybe if it's inspirited, maybe they just want to be here. Yeah. Maybe they got something they want to say. Yeah. Uh in my experience also, when you see a spirit, it's because that spirit wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. And so the next question is, why me? They may be opening your inner sight for the first time. Uh, or maybe they have a, the, something to be said, or maybe they do need help. Right. But when we step into, I call it this, the, uh, the, uh, the landscape, and then there's the inscape. And the landscape, of course, you know, is the things we see in the, the surface area of life. But then there's the underworld of life, which is its intra-visible and visible nature. Mm -hmm. And humans are part of that, too. I mean, we see lots of Native people, Native spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wouldn't think about moving them, you know. And there's we have, I'm sure that there's some Native people buried on the land where our apartment is. Um and I've uh, and I've got some of the story from them. Uh, I've never really checked it out. I don't really feel like I need to because I'm not going public, you know. Right. But uh, and these spirits, uh, when I suppose two old women, specifically old native uh, native women, and they said, "Oh, we wanted." She said, "No, don't hunt for our bones, and don't she, leave it alone." <laughs> she said, <laughs> "Just know that we are here, and maybe sometimes." Just invite us. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and she said, and that's all. That's all. She <laughs> said, we didn't die in some bad way. We're not upset that you buried on top of us because it was not known, terribly known, that there was anything here. She said, we're not mad, but she said, those of you who can hear us, just let people know a little bit, just to maybe sometimes just take, take a pause. I advise everyone, wherever they live, it is likely that no matter where you live, someone has died. Right. Point, you know, and and the you know recent or ancient history. Just sometimes, when you're doing celebrations, or sometimes when it's Christmas, or or, or those holidays that might have been important to the humans that were there before, or may not. Just maybe it's just whatever. Maybe just light a candle, or sometimes just say to those I do not know who who. Who still live in this place, the unseen company, even another, I honor you. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think it's very important. And I think people be real surprised how that affects the quality of your life. Yeah. And I always find that very interesting too. You know, sometimes when I walk, I always thought this was really interesting. I still can't figure it out, but I think I I'm starting to. I always feel somebody hold my hand. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and sometimes it takes me by surprise. I'm like, who is holding my hand? It and, might be the walk in grace. Yeah, and I always feel like it's a small child. Mm. And it's been yeah. for years, years and years, the same feeling. I'll be walking and all of a sudden I'm like, he's holding my hand. I remember being in, I was in... Um, Cornwall, and I was uh, co-leading a tour there of ancient sites along with uh, this wonderful man who's deceased now, uh, uh, Ivan Macbeth, who was a druid, and his wife, uh, Fern. Oh, uh, yeah. They're wonderful people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Fern still runs the druid land there, that, that they have dreamland. I go there to speak and teach. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me? Oh. 
You need to let me know when you're going. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey, uh, it's, I am planning on going into the British Isles, hopefully next year or the year after. Well, when we were there, we were down in the Fogus. And the Fogus are these, they're underground uh, chambers. And they know they weren't burial chambers. They were, um, they're likely um, ceremonial chambers, very, very ancient. Mm -hmm. And we were down in there and I was feeling the spirits and I was just loving being there. And uh, I had, and then all of a sudden, I just burst them all out and singing, I never walk alone. You never walk alone. We never walk alone. Very, uh, uh, and to walk through the Fogus and then feel your hands touching the hands of all those who, who've walked that same sacred path. And so sometimes just as you're walking, singing that and let, let joy fill your heart and you'll be surprised how much that does. Wow. You know, we're never alone. That's so cool. Ryan, you need to come back on here. Oh, I'd be honored to. I would love you to come back in December and talk about Yule. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be honored to. Thank you. Oh, I would love that. How do people get a hold of you and your books? Well, uh, my books are all over the place. Um, uh, you can, uh, the one book, the, my first one, The Fairy Teachings, uh, can be got easily at rjstewart.net. It's RJ, major, RJ, I think it's rjstewart.net. RJ I had to <laughs> stop that because he uh, was one of my teachers who I love very much and a multi-published seer himself. Um, he published that one and then uh, with the Tree of Enchantments and then uh, Mountain, it was Mountain Magic in uh, Appalachian Contra, I think is what they, was. they renamed the Candle of the Crossroads. That can be gotten, uh, that along with Tree of Enchantments and the uh, Fire in the Cauldron through Wiser Publications. Uh, should be at, at any of your your magical bookstores near you. Try to patronize as much as you can your magical bookstores, your local ones. Absolutely. They need our money and they, they are our community centers and they love us. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have two here next to me. I have the two crazy crystal guys with Rod Bryce. You would love him, Orion. He's awesome. Ooh. I love him and his husband. They're great peeps. And then there's Acacia's not too far from me. But I must say, Rod has some great books and some wonderful crystals. Please patronize them. Please, please. Uh, I, I love um, the Amazons and all that. Uh, they're big and they get money in a lot of ways. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying don't, don't patronize. But first, try to get your people who have their small stores. And they we need them to stay alive. And we need them to, to flourish. I want them to be rich personally. Yeah. Um, and 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 because they they do care for you long beyond the sale of the book. So absolutely, um, yeah. And often they have spiritual classes, meditations, advice, great places. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I have a thing I like to do. I, I, I partnered with the Owen Tree, which is in Eastern Mass, but it had to close because of the whole uh, thing with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping she's getting a chance to restart, but. I had partnered with that that store doing online classes with her to try to help that store. And I, I encourage other authors uh, to try to connect with different stores in small towns and stuff that are maybe having a hard time and uh, do some online stores through them or uh, online workshops and things through them. That helps to bolster the prosperity of, of those places and keep them open and of your local communities. Awesome. So, Yes, absolutely. And also, Orion, you do amazing readings. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, folks, if you want a reading that goes beyond, please contact him because it will be worth your time. You will love it. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm on Facebook a lot. Uh, I'm on Instagram a lot. My website, I still got to get back to this one one day. You know, I've got to find that 65th second in every minute. Um, and work on that. But I'm on Instagram a whole lot. And I'm on uh, yeah, uh, Facebook a lot. Um, 
and I'm just working on Patreon as well. So soon I'll be launching more on that. Yes. I understand. That's my next step too. Maybe we can support each other. Absolutely. So much to learn on that. Oh my God. And don't forget, peeps, you can support Twilight Tonic by hitting, you know, like buttons. You can like go on and and please subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud so I can bring people like Orion back over and over and we can just have a blast. Thank you. Orion, I'm looking forward to December talking to you about Yule and I'm glad we reconnected. Same here. Same here. You're wonderful as always. Thank you for that all the heart you bring to this work. Thank May you. all come to the show uh, prosper. May I, may I do a, a short blessing? Of course. I'd love that. This is one I grew up with. Um, uh, so it's an old, old folk practice. You envision a waterfall of light falling down from the heavens of golden white light. That's the star pulse that became you as we hurtle through the cosmos on this beautiful planet. There's a stream of light becoming you, becoming all living things. So with your arms raised to that great stream of light that you arrived here on, I encant, I call down the cloak of the angels. Fall down as a waterfall of light. Guiding, guarding, and blessing each one of you. By day and by night. May you be garbed in the garb of eternity to which no bane may penetrate. May all blessings go with you as it is, was, and ever shall be. Samoda B. Thank you so much, Ryan. You're such a blessing. Thank you, sweetheart. And uh, much love to everybody. And, uh, stay, stay healthy. Stay. You uh, too. Thank you. We'll do. I'll talk to you soon.